بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful the conduct of Allah's esteemed messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam may Allah mention him with commendation and grant him protection this book was originally written in Arabic by Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Ibn Hamad Al-Abbad Al-Badr, Professor at Islamic University of Al-Medina, Al-Munawwara. This is the last part. Page 101. Three, mercy, gentleness and care. By Allah's favor and mercy to the Messenger he was merciful and gentle towards his followers. And Allah describes him by saying, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْ فَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكِ It was due to Allah's mercy that you were lenient in dealing with your companions. Had you been harsh or, or hard-hearted, they would have most certainly dispersed from around you. No other human had or even came close to having the gentleness and mercy embodied by Allah's Messenger Abu Hurairah may Allah be pleased with him narrated that a Bedouin once urinated in a certain area of the mosque or the masjid. As a result, people rushed towards him in order to chastise or hit him. However, the Messenger of Allah told them, leave him alone and pour a pail of water over the urine. You have been sent to make things easy for people, and you have not been sent to make things difficult. This was collected by Al-Bukhari and others. In Sahih Al-Bukhari, Abu Mas'ud anhu, said, a man went to the Prophet and said, I come late to the Fajr prayer because such and such person leads us and makes the prayer quite long. I never saw the Prophet angrier in any admonition he delivered than he was on that day. He said, My people, there are individuals among you who chase others away. If any of you leads others in a prayer, make it brief because the congregation contains people who are elderly, ill, or have needs to which they must attend. Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, When any of you leads others in a prayer, he should keep it short, because among them are people who are weak, ill, or elderly. However, when any of you prays by himself, he may make the prayer as long as he likes. Abu Qatada, may Allah please be pleased with him, 
Abu Qatada, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Prophet وسلم, said, There are certainly times when I stand to lead the prayer, intending to prolong it, but then I hear the cry of an infant, so I keep the prayer short because I dislike making matters difficult for the infant's mother. Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I was never led in a prayer by anyone whose performance of prayer was lighter, yet still entirely complete than that of the Prophet There were indeed times when he would hear the cry of an infant and then keep the prayer brief as a result, fearing that the infant's mother would face difficulty otherwise. Abu Qatada, رضي الله عنه, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Prophet ﷺ once came out to us while carrying Umama, the daughter of Abu al-As, on his shoulder and led us in a prayer. He would place her down when he bowed and carry her again when he stood. Uh, Abu al-As ibn al-Rabi' was the husband of Zainab uh, anha, the eldest daughter of the Prophet. Umama was their daughter and thus the granddaughter of the Prophet <coughs> The Prophet also said, if it were not for the fact that I dislike making things difficult for my followers, I would have instructed them to use the siwak at the time of each prayer. The siwak is a type of a twig used as a toothbrush. All of the preceding hadith or ahadith are in Sahih al-Bukhari. The Prophet ﷺ initially led his companions in a prayer during the nights of Ramadan. However, when he feared that this prayer would become obligatory for them, he discontinued leading them. In the two Sahih collections, Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, may Allah be pleased with her, narrated that the Prophet ﷺ prayed in the masjid and a group of people followed him in a prayer. When the Prophet prayed on the second night, the group behind him grew larger. Then on the third or fourth uh, night, people assembled, but the Messenger of Allah did not come out to lead them. In the morning, he said, I know what you did, and nothing prevented me from coming out to lead you besides the fact that I feared it. I feared it would become obligatory for you to perform that prayer. That took place during Ramadan. In the two Sahih collections, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, narrated that although the Prophet loved to perform certain acts of worship, he would certainly withhold from performing them out of fear that people would emulate him, and those acts of worship would then become obligatory for everyone. When the Prophet ﷺ fasted, consecutive days without eating in between and some of the companions may Allah be pleased with all of them found out about that they did the same 
However, the Prophet ﷺ forbade them from doing so out of his care for them and his mercy towards them. Due to their desire to emulate him, they inquired about his prohibition by saying, How come you fast consecutive days without eating in between? He replied, I'm not the I'm not the same as you in that regard. In the two Sahih collections, Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, said the Messenger of Allah forbade fasting consecutive days without eating in between. Thus, one of the Muslims said, Messenger of Allah, you fast consecutive days without eating in between. He replied, Who among you is the same as me? My Lord gives me food and drink throughout the night. However, when some of the people refused to refrain from fasting in the aforementioned manner, he led them in doing so for two days, but then they cited the crescent marking the start of the following month. Thus he told them, if the crescent had been delayed, I would have led you in fasting like that for even more days. He said that to reprimand them for their refusal to stop. This was an instance of the practical guidance and discipline which he وسلم, used, used with his noble companions, may Allah be pleased with them all. He wanted to make them realize their weakness and experience firsthand how difficult it would be to fast consecutive days without eating in between so that they themselves would eventually choose to refrain from doing so. The discipline or this discipline used by the Prophet is similar to what parents might do if they saw their child eagerly attempting to play with fire. A parent may protect the child from its harm by taking the child's hand and gently putting one of his fingers near the edge of a coal in order to make the child realize how much harm it could cause. That would alert the child to its danger and encourage him to stay away from it because his parent taught him about the damage which it could do. In Sahih Muslim, there is a narration mentioning that a man once sneezed during prayer and Muawiyah ibn al-Hakam al-Sulami said, Yarhamkumullah, may Allah have mercy on you to him. That led some of the companions to express disapproval concerning what Muawiyah did. He later said, May my own parents be sacrificed for Allah's Messenger. I never saw another teacher, neither before nor after him, whose method was better than his. I swear by Allah that when he concluded the prayer, he did not rebuke me, hit me, or revile me. He merely said, indeed, this prayer is not the place for any of the talk which people normally engage in. Rather, it is to consist of glorifying Allah, saying the phrase Allahu Akbar and reciting the Quran. At times when it would reach the Prophet that any of the companions did something which required correction, he would say during his address, why is it that some people do such and such? Or why is it that some people from my ummah say such and such? And other similar remarks. 
he would do that so the person who did or said the things he mentioned would cease and so that others who did not do or say them would be where would be where and refrain for forbearance and pardoning just as the prophet sallallahu had utmost mercy and compassion he was also utmost in pardoning others overlooking their faults bearing their treatment being forbearing and remaining patient his remarkable life is filled with instances which demonstrate this in the two sahih collections jabir may allah be pleased with him narrated that the companion set out along with the messenger of allah for an expedition in the direction of najd jabir mentioned that allah's messenger caught up with them in a valley which had many thorny trees the messenger of allah وسلم, settled beneath a tree to rest and hung his sword on one of its branches the people dispersed throughout the valley making uh, taking shade under its trees the people dispersed throughout the valley taking shade under its trees the messenger of allah recounted a man came up to me while i was asleep and took my sword i then woke up only to find him standing right over my head i was unaware of what happened and all i knew was that the sword was un Uh, sheathed in his hand he asked me who will protect you from me i replied allah he asked a second time who will protect you from me i replied allah he then put the sword back in its sheath and this is and this is him sitting right there uh, and this is him sitting right there Sorry, and this is him sitting right here. Jabir added, the messenger of Allah then let him be. This wording was collected by a Muslim. The wording collected by Al-Bukhari states that the messenger did not punish the man and he then sat. In the two Sahih collections, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, narrated that a group of the Jews came to Allah's messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and said, may sam which means death be upon you aisha said i understood what they meant so i said back to them may sam be upon you as well and may allah expel you from his mercy however allah's messenger said aisha do not get worked up allah most certainly loves gentleness in all matters Aisha asked messenger of Allah did you not hear what they said he replied I told them upon you as well in the two sahih collections Aisha radiyallahu anha also narrated the messenger of Allah وسلم, was never given a choice between any two matters except that he chose the easier of the two so long as it did not involve any sin if anything was sinful he was the farthest of people from it additionally the messenger of allah never exacted retribution as a revenge for his own self however if any of allah's prohibitions were perpetrated he would exact he would exact retribution for allah by implementing the prescribed measures al-bukhari and muslim also collected that anas said 
I was once walking with Allah's messenger while he was wearing an upper garment from the region known as Najran and the garment had a coarse uh, hem. A Bedouin came up to him and pulled his garment very forcefully. Anas commented, I looked at the side of the Prophet's neck and saw that the garment's edge had left a mark there due to how hard it was pulled. The man then said, Muhammad, give me some of Allah's wealth which you have. The Prophet turned to him, smiled kindly, and then issued instructions for the man to be given a certain amount. 5. Sincerity in calling to Allah's religion When Allah sent his messenger Muhammad with the second religion, the messenger shouldered that responsibility in the most complete way and patiently persevered through all the harm he faced along his path. Al-Bukhari and Muslim collected that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, inquired, Messenger of Allah, did you ever experience a day uh, more severe than the Battle of Uhud? He replied, I have experienced much from your people, and the worst day I faced was that of Al-Aqaba, when I myself presented Islam to Ibn Abdul Ibn uh, Abdul Kulal, but he did not respond as I had hoped. Thus, I left sad and distressed. I proceeded onwards, unsure of where I was going, and I did not regain full composure and awareness of my surroundings until I had reached Qarn al-Thalib. I raised my head and noticed a cloud was shading me. Qarn uh, al is a location between the cities of Mecca and Taif. Later on, the Prophet ﷺ designated Qarn al-Thalib as one of the points where Ihram is assumed for Hajj and Umrah. Let's continue now. I raised my head and noticed a cloud was shading me. When I looked at it closely, the Prophet continues, Uh, I saw Jibreel there. He called out to me saying, Allah most mighty and majestic certainly heard what your people said to you and how they responded. He has sent to you the angel who is entrusted with the mountains and you may instruct him to do to them whatever you wish. The angel entrusted with the mountains then extended the salam to me and said, Muhammad, Allah indeed heard what your people said to you. I am the angel entrusted with the mountains. Your Lord sent me for you to instruct me as you wish. What would you like me to do? If you wish, I can make Al-Akhshabain, the two large mountains in Mecca, 
as explained by the author of the next paragraph, if you wish I can make Al-Akhshabain converge upon them. The Messenger of Allah replied, rather, I hope that Allah will make their descendants people who worship him alone without ascribing any partner to him. This is a manifestation of truly remarkable conduct. The Messenger of Allah was faced with much harm and surrounded by hardships. As a result, he left sad and distressed. Then Allah's angels presented to him the option of putting an end to his enemies by closing in the two mountains of Mecca upon them. However, he declined that offer and instead gave a response which proved his utmost sincerity and his love for none to be worshipped besides Allah alone. He said, Rather, I hope that Allah will make their descendants people who worship him alone without ascribing any partner to him. The Messenger of Allah left people upon a bright and a clear path which leads all who follow it to honor in this world and happiness in the hereafter. This was the outcome of the Messenger وسلم, having the qualities of complete sincerity, articulate speech, and utmost trustworthiness. If there was anything which would bring people nearer to Allah, the messenger did not fall short in directing them to it and encouraging them to do it. He also did not neglect to warn them against the opposite of that. Thus, he was not at all negligent in conveying Allah's directives or in utilizing the clearest and most effective means to do so. Muslim collected a narration in his uh, Sahih from uh, Salman al-Farsi, may Allah be pleased with him, who mentioned that someone mockingly told him, your prophet taught you absolutely everything, even how to go to the bathroom. Salman responded, yes, he did. He forbade us from facing the direction of prayer while relieving ourselves, using our right hands to clean ourselves, using less than three stones when uh, cleaning ourselves and using pieces of dung or bone to clean ourselves. During the farewell Hajj pilgrimage, the Prophet ﷺ proclaimed in the largest gathering he ever witnessed that he had fulfilled his obligation of conveying Allah's message. He also asked people to bear witness to that fact and they testified he did truly fulfill his task of conveying his Lord's message in the most sincere and complete way. That can be found in the long narration in which Jabir, radiallahu <coughs> anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, described. That can be found in the long narration in which Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, described how the Prophet performed Hajj as collected by Muslim in his Sahih. The hadith mentions that the Prophet addressed the masses on the day of Arafah and he said in his sermon, I have left something for you. If you adhere to it firmly, you will never go astray. It is the book of Allah. You shall be asked about me, so what will you say? They replied, we will testify that you have conveyed your message 
fulfilled the duty entrusted to you and given sincere counsel. He raised his forefinger towards the sky and then pointed it towards the people and said, O Allah, be witness. O Allah, be witness. He said it thrice, three times. The messenger utilized every feasible technique to provide clarification, make people understand things, make people understand things, encourage them to obey Allah, and discourage them from disobeying Allah. He did not neglect using any method to achieve those objectives as he called people to Allah and cautioned his followers against straying from Allah's impeccable directives. One of the techniques he employed was presenting similitudes which provided tangible examples of certain abstract ideas. In Sahih Muslim, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may peace and a blessing fall upon him, the similitude which applies to myself and the message Allah has sent me with is that of a man who comes to his people and says, my people, I have seen an army with my very eyes and I am an unmistakable warner to you. Thus, you must do all you can to save yourselves. As a result, a group of his people took heed and departed slowly in the early part of the night, while another group of them rejected what he said. The latter group remained in their place, and the army attacked them in the morning and wiped them out. That is the similitude of those who obey me, and accept the message I have brought, as well as those who disobey me and reject the truth I have brought. In Sahih Muslim, there is also a hadith for, uh, from Jabir. In Sahih Muslim, there is also a hadith from Jabir, radiallahu anhu, who narrated that the Messenger of Allah said, the similitude that applies to myself and you is that of a man who kindled a fire and then the locust and moths began to fly into it even while he tried to ward them off. I take firm hold of you to pull you away from the hellfire, yet some of you still seek to slip out of my grip. This hadith was also collected by both Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Abu Hurairah. May Allah be pleased with him. If the Prophet ﷺ was asked about a matter, but something else was more important than it, he would alert the questioner to the more important matter in a way that was gentle and wise. In the two Sahih collections, Anas anhu narrated that a man asked the Prophet ﷺ when the final hour would be. When the, he asked him when the final hour would be. The Prophet ﷺ replied, What have you prepared for it? The man said, Nothing besides the fact that I love Allah and His Messenger. Uh, nothing, nothing besides the fact that I love Allah and His Messenger. The Prophet ﷺ told him, You will be with those whom you love. <coughs> there are also various other methods which the Prophet ﷺ utilized as he provided guidance and direction to people. 
7. Strength and courage. The strong mu'min is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak mu'min believer, though there is good in both. This was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ as collected in Sahih Muslim. Allah combined various forms of strength in his worshipping servant and messenger Muhammad ﷺ. Not only did Allah grant him strong and complete iman, Allah also granted him physical strength. The Messenger of Allah used that physical strength to worship Allah, obey Him, and hasten to do all that would draw him closer to Allah. Thus, the Messenger of Allah was the role model for his ummah in doing all good things. Al-Bukhari and Muslim collected from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that the Messenger of Allah would stand to pray until cracks appeared on his feet. Thus, Aisha radiyallahu anha, may Allah be pleased with her, asked, Messenger of Allah, you exert yourself this much, although Allah has forgiven your past and future sins? He replied, Aisha, should I not then desire to be a grateful, worshipping servant? In the two Sahih collections, there is a hadith in which Ibn Abbas said, the Messenger of Allah was the most generous of people in his generosity and his generosity reached its peak during the month of Ramadan when Jibreel would meet him. Every night of Ramadan, Jibreel would meet him and review the Quran with him. Thus, the Messenger of Allah would become more generous than the freely blowing wind. In the two Sahih collections, there is also hadith in which Anas ibn Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the Messenger of Allah was the best of people most generous of people and the bravest of people. One night a sound caused panic to spread among the people of Al Medina. When they went towards the sound to determine its cause, uh, they found that the Prophet was already returning from that direction. He reassured them, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. He was riding an unsaddled horse that belonged to Abu Talha and there was a sword slung around his neck. The Prophet ﷺ commented, I found the horse to be a very swift one. Allah's Messenger was also at the forefront of his companions during battle in Allah's path. Uh, in the battle of Uhud, his face was wounded and one of his front teeth was broken. During the Battle of Hunayn, the Messenger of Allah held his ground at a time when many of those with him uh, retreated. In the two Sahih collections, Al-Bara ibn Azib narrated that a man asked him, Abu Umara, did you retreat and leave Allah's Messenger during the Battle of Hunayn? Al-Bara replied, nonetheless, uh, Al-Bara replied, nonetheless, Allah's messenger did not retreat. The tribe of Hawazin were expert archers, but when we faced them during battle and launched our offensive, they fled in defeat. Then when our people went forth to gather the spoils, Hawazin shot their arrows at us and some of the people retreated. However, I most certainly saw Allah's Messenger وسلم, while Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harth held the reins of his mule which was whitish in color saying 
I am the prophet and that is no lie. I am the prophet and that is no lie. I am the descendant of Abdul Muttalib. Ibn Kathir cited this hadith in his explanation of the Quran and then commented, this truly demonstrates ultimate bravery and courage. On that day, he was in the midst of intense battle and some of his army had retreated. In addition, he was riding a mule which is not swift and is not suited for advancing, retreating or fleeing. Yet, despite that all, he still uh, charged towards the enemies while on the mule proclaimed his presence and identified himself by name so that anyone who may have been unaware would know exactly who he was. May Allah continue to mention him with commendation and grant him protection until the day of recompense. All of that was only done out of his complete trust in Allah and reliance upon him as well as certainty that Allah would grant him victory, allow him to complete the mission entrusted to him and allow his religion Islam to prevail over all others. The responsibility of the messengers, followers towards him and his responsibility towards them. Since this lecture has presented various examples of the conduct of Allah's messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may the peace and the blessing of Allah be upon him, perhaps it would be most fitting for me to conclude with an overview of the responsibility which his followers have towards him, as well as his responsibility towards his followers. When his followers fulfill the responsibilities they have towards him, that will guarantee their happiness. Their responsibilities include testifying that Muhammad وسلم, truly is Allah's messenger sent to all humans and jinns, that the directives he brought will remain until the final hour, that those directives apply to everyone, and that no one is exempted from complying with them. Muslim collected in his Sahih from Abu Hurairah that the Prophet said, I swear by the one in whose hand my soul lies. If anyone among the people to whom I have been sent, whether Jew, Christian or otherwise, if anyone hears of me but passes away without accepting the message I have brought, that person will be among the inhabitants of the hellfire. The messenger's followers must also testify that his directives and teachings are suitable for every time and a place that people cannot attain happiness in this world or salvation in the hereafter without following his path, that he is the role model for all of his followers, that he spoke the truth and received the revelation which was the truth, and that everything he informed us about is true, whether regarding the past, the future, and all matters which are unseen to us. As his followers, our hearts must be filled with the love for him that is even greater than the love we have for ourselves, our parents, our children, and all other people. Having love for the 
messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam entails having love for his directives revering them complying with them and making them our point of reference for all matters allah the most exalted instructed his messenger qul in kuntum tuhibbuna allah fattabi'uni yuhibbukum allah wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum Say to the people, if you truly love Allah, follow me. If you do so, Allah will love you and forgive your sins. We are too sincerely devote. We are too sincerely devote all our worship to Allah alone. And we are to perform our worship in the manner taught by the messenger of Allah. Thus, Allah is not to be worshipped except by way of what the messenger وسلم, prescribed. There is a sahih hadith in which the Prophet وسلم, said, anyone who performs deed, anyone who performs a deed that does not conform to our command shall have it rejected. We shall have it rejected. A remarkable comment was made by Abu Uthman and Naysaburi in which he said, when a person complies with the sunnah in his words and deeds, wisdom will emanate from him when he speaks. However, if a person complies with disobedient inclinations in his words and deeds, bid'ah will emanate from him when he speaks. Bid'ah means innovation in the religion of Islam. The aforementioned responsibilities were comprehensively summarized in a concise statement of Sheikh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab in which he explained what is meant by testifying that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. He said, obeying his instructions, believing in what he informed us about, avoiding what he forbade, and not worshipping Allah except by way of what he prescribed. Other responsibilities which the messenger's followers must fulfill towards him include constantly mentioning him with commendation as he rightfully deserves, while at the same time avoiding going to extremes in that regard, since doing so would not please Allah or his messenger. The followers of Allah's messenger the followers of Allah's Messenger وسلم, must also mention his Sunnah with commendation, explain its merits to people, and clarify that all people are in need of accepting it and adhering to it. Additionally, the followers of the Messenger should constantly invoke Salah and Salam upon him, saying, May peace, and by saying, وسلم, May peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. Thus, O Allah, thus, O Allah, we implore you to send salah, salam, and blessings upon your prophet and messenger Muhammad, as well as upon his family, his companions, and all those who follow his path. The truly miserly person is the one in whose presence the prophet is mentioned Yet that person does not invoke Salah upon him, meaning by saying Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Furthermore, Allah will disgrace those to whom the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is mentioned, yet 
they do not invoke Salah upon him. An individual who refrains from invoking Salah upon the Prophet is in fact even more miserly than someone who greedily refrains from giving material wealth to others. O Allah, O Allah, send the most complete Salah and Salam upon the Prophet as well as upon his family, companions and all who follow their path until the day of recompense. As for the responsibility of the Prophet ﷺ towards his followers as well as towards all people in general, that entails conveying their Lord's message to them, that entails conveying their Lord's message to them and directing them to all that would bring them happiness in this world and the hereafter. Allah, the most exalted, said, وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ The messenger's responsibility is only to articulately convey the message. Allah, the most exalted, also said, فَهَلْ عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ Are the messengers responsible for anything besides articulately conveying the message? Al-Bukhari collected in his Sahih that Ibn Shihab Az-Zuhri Rahimahullah Ibn Shihab Az-Zuhri Rahimahullah said the message comes from Allah. The messenger bears the duty of conveying and it is our duty to submit. Allah bestowed an immense favor upon the people of Iman faith by sending his esteemed messenger وسلم, who fulfilled the task of conveying his message in the best and most complete manner. During the farewell hajj, the farewell pilgrimage, uh, towards the end of the messenger's life, Allah revealed his statement, Today, I have perfected your religion for you. I have completed my favor to you. And I am pleased with Islam as a religion for you. The Messenger وسلم, said in a sermon of his during the farewell, I have left something for you. If you adhere to it firmly, you will never go astray. It is the book of Allah. You shall be asked about me, so what will you say? The people replied, we will testify that you have conveyed your message, fulfilled the duty entrusted to you, and given sincere counsel. He raised his forefinger towards the sky and then pointed it towards the people and said, O oh Allah, be witness. O oh Allah, be witness. He said it three times. This was collected by Muslim. Thus the message itself which Allah sent was complete and the messenger's imparting of the message was also complete. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The followers of the messenger bear the responsibility of submitting to that message which has come from Allah. The people who are guided to do that in their beliefs, words, and deeds are the ones who will be truly fortunate.
On the other hand, those who do the opposite are the ones who will ultimately be unfortunate and forsaken. I implore Allah. I implore Allah, the most generous, the Lord of the noble throne, to guide all of us so that we emulate the conduct of his esteemed Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I further pray that Allah blesses us to tread the path of his Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, enables us to follow in his steps during our lives, allows us to leave this world while still adhering to his sunnah, gathers us among his followers in the hereafter, and makes us among those who will be granted his intercession on the day of resurrection. Allah is the only one who controls all of that. He is the only one who is able to bring it about. And there is neither movement nor might except by Allah. Our Lord, accept this from us, as you most certainly hear and know all things. O Allah, send Salah upon Muhammad and upon the family of Muhammad, just as you sent Salah upon Ibrahim and upon the family of Ibrahim. Indeed, you are most praiseworthy, most glorious. O Allah, bless Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, just as you blessed Ibrahim and the family of Ibrahim. Indeed, you are most praiseworthy, most glorious. Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah. And this is the end of the book titled The Conduct of Allah's Esteemed Messenger. And this is Dr. Khalid Ibrahim Adosiri from Dammam, Saudi Arabia, reciting and recording this very important book. Please share this with as many people as possible. Take care, everybody. May Allah accept our reward, our deeds, and grant us paradise. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.